God, we're recording. We're live. We're live on Free Range American. And Patrick is just slamming everything in the other room, but we don't care, right? Indeed. Fuck it. Keep going, Patrick. Get things done. He's working. He's jobbing. Welcome back to the show. If you, you know, watched like one after the other, I guess. I don't know. Is it really welcome back? It, it seems like, like it's nice, that's a 90s television host thing. <laughs> yeah, right. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. My name's Mike O'Malley, and today these guys are running the aggro crag. Yeah, right? Fuck, um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Being a 90s television host would have been interesting. That that really, well, it had to be very simple. You had, like, it was, it's like being a 50s newsman. You had the same tenor, you had the same tone, the same pacing. Everything. You know, you're like the, the character. 90s, 90s, like you had the same shtick again and again and again. Well, if you haven't noticed yet, this is Mr. Tim Pachesa with us today, back after uh, a couple weeks ago you were on. You bet. Glad to be back. Thank you for having me back. That was, that was a really amazing time. Leadership. We'll get to that a little bit because I, I actually think it'd be fun. I'm going to dive into some things that pissed me off in the military and then we'll go, why do you think they made those decisions? <laughs> Why did they? Fair. Uh, but yeah, but back to 90s television show host. I hung out with Vanilla Ice last week. What? Yeah. Good old Rob? Yeah. Uh, that was interesting. He seems like a straight shooter. I, I, I got to be honest. Like, he seems like a good dude, right? Who, who's just, yeah, know, he yeah, likes yeah, building yeah. houses and doing construction stuff. I, I didn't know that. I, like, I'd have to do, I, I haven't looked him up or anything. I mean, all I know is that he put out a country song last year, I believe. Uh, but other than that, yeah. So he does construction. So like he had a show. Oh, well. Like he had a show for, you know, like Vanilla Ice Rehab. Something I mean, like he looks like, the same. You bet. He has an age. He's been drinking baby blood probably <laughs> or whatever that is. Whatever whatever the serum is that 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 they're able to do that. He looks young. He's fit. It has an age. Um, yeah. And he, he was he was fun. He was hanging out. And I, uh, I got to chat with him on camera for Caffeinated Life quite a bit. And we were kind of going back and forth and it was pretty funny. And... Uh, it was creative too. That was surprising. I don't know why it's surprising. I mean, the guy He's wrote, an artist, wrote a know. bunch of music, you bet, you bet. but it was it was surprising to me when we were on camera and he was coming up with a, like funny bits and stuff like that. I'm like, oh, okay, this guy can hang. Kind of riff off. Yeah, it's gonna- fun. So yeah, he was enjoyable. Nice. Uh, and we can't talk too much about what we were doing, but it will be on TV in a couple months. That's awesome. It'll be great. Very nice. Really fun. So, what have you been doing? Uh, did a lot of stay-at-home dad. I left here, and then uh, this is probably a horrible story to tell. My my wife went away for a, a girls' weekend with uh, her mom and sister. The old girls' right? Weekend. So it's so weird I, that those are always at Thunder at Down Under. Yeah, Vegas, man. What are you gonna do? Said, <laughs> <laughs> hey, no questions, just come home, right? And that's it. And I think that's how you have to treat Vegas trips. But uh, but no, she went. So I've been like staying home. She went away for the weekend. I had all three boys. Which isn't bad. The 15-year-old Noah, he's amazing. Obviously, he's self, self-sustaining, self right? That's mm-hmm. fine. The six-year-old, he just wants to play and eat. So how do you do that? Watching the five-month-old for three three Oof. straight days. Oof. 
it, it is, Lord knows I love them, but it, it was, it was a painful three days. Yeah. And, and for, for all the dads out there. It's not something there, anybody should be doing your age. No, at, at 45, absolutely not. No, I mean, this kind of beard, like it's Santa. You can sit in my lap for about two minutes and then I got to push you off to somebody else. Yeah. And normally that, that's my wife. So Ooh, it was, it's it was crying a trying again. Weekend. It's crying again. Take it. <laughs> Don't wet my knee. We can, we can pass you off to So her. much work. <laughs> but, but, you know, and, the, but glad I had that. That gave me so much perspective. I have a much greater appreciation for how much my wife has to take it on the chin, so to speak, to keep our family together. So <laughs> Allie, if, you, if you're, if you're watching or listening to this, I, I thank you for doing we, what you do. I, women enjoy it though. They love it. And she's a, and, like, and you know, it's like a new baby, give it. And, and you know, and, and I'm, I'm not, do I have to, to give this back? Yeah, and that's fair, but like, and not, not like gender stereotyping or going back to traditional roles, but she admits she's probably had more training in this. Right. And so, but like women, like, we, we were in Nashville with a bunch of my, my high school friends and all their teenage daughters wanted to babysit the baby. Yeah. The boys, not so much. No. Right? But no. It's so, yeah. So the, they would fake it to hang out with, <laughs> with, with, with the with, girls. With the girls. <laughs> but deep down, no, they didn't. Yeah, and then and, and that's it. So I've just been doing, doing some Cape stuff and being stay-at-home dad and enjoying retired life. Oh, well, that sounds fun. Okay, so yeah, last time we were getting into, we were really diving into the leadership thing. And I, I did want to talk about how funny it is that I remember, I can still remember some of the things that I, I was incredibly angry at young in the military. Like, oh you my bet. God, these people are idiots. Oh my God, why would they put something like this out? But then I also, as I got, as I got older, as I, as I went up the ranks, I started realizing, oh, okay, this, this makes sense now. Yep. Okay. I know why. And it's, it's, Comes perspective. It's that pers- perspective conversation. Yes, it is perspective. Yeah, it's it's like and, and and I remember like you know we would do something really stupid and our supervisors would hang, would 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 punish us horribly or hang us out to dry. You it was like that dude doesn't care about his guys and stuff like that. And then I remember the day that that came and hit me in the face. Uh, was when I was at the Seventh Day Sauce in El Paso, and a little, little th- bit of hustler love. Yeah, there it is, right there. Look at that, hustlers. <laughs> there's, go right there. there's the hustlers. Um, the kids is what I called them. Uh, they got, they got in a fight in the barracks with a an, a, a laser ink printer cartridge, <laughs> <laughs> and the first sergeant comes back after inspecting the dorms and. There is is printer ink all down the hall in the carpet on the walls and 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 what the hell happened here? They're like, oh, we we were wrestling around and got in a fight and someone grabbed the the printer cartridge and just started beating people with it. Okay, when did when did that happen? A week ago. Okay, so it's been a week, and I have them all in the big in the in the big room, and I'm just looking at them like, it's been a week. <laughs> This was a scheduled dorm inspection. No one, when you walked by the hall that looked like Slimer had a heyday, said, fuck, maybe we should buy some paint and cover this up. Yep. Like, and they all just looked at each other like that was the greatest idea that anyone had ever put forth. Like, you didn't think to even to even attempt to cover this up. And then it was like, stop stealing my time. I hate all of you. I don't want to hear this shit. We have a bunch of stuff that we have to do that involves deployments and mission and greening JTACs and CMRing people. And I'm in a fucking room right now for an hour talking to you about 
cleaning up fucking printer ink in a dorm? And then I like went back and sat down at my desk. I'm like, oh yeah. Now I get why no one would cover. <laughs> no one wants to cover for you. Fuck you guys. You're taking up time. Like, because it, it I'm in here for an hour. I still yeah. have two EPRs. Yeah. I got to finish when I, I get back to my desk. I've got a finite amount of time, no matter how you <laughs> slice it. If you want me to spend my time fixing your jackassery, fine. But this limits my ability to bring awesomeness to you. Yeah. Let's stop doing that. I don't care. Stop it. <laughs> Leave me alone. And if you're going to do shit off duty or on duty that causes me to have to get out of my seat yeah. and go talk to somebody I don't want to talk to, like the first sergeant, then you're pissing me off. I'm not like, oh man, I'm going to protect my guys. Like, no, there's a time and a place for it. If you were yeah. doing the right thing and the army wants to fuck with Cover you, your or someone else wants to fuck with you, but you had a week to fix this you problem. Bet. You bet. And, and make it disappear. And not one of you walk by the fucking walls covered in printer ink to go, yeah, maybe I, maybe we should, maybe we should try and clean up. <laughs> they, they, they really like the new tie dye wall type of motif they were, they, they were going for with paint splatter. And then, cause it, it's like, like painting that weird printer dust that gets everywhere. It's, it's just, and again, it goes back to, it goes back to, are you obedient or are you disciplined? Because they were never trained to clean up printer ink. Like, oh, well, it's just, it's just there now. I mean, you would just, just self-preservation. Hey, 100%. Someone might be mad about this. We should, I mean, I felt I had my tracks really good as a, as a young airman. Like we'd break a Humvee and by doing something stupid and we would roll it over to a, a, another thing and run it into something and be like, oh, oh no, we broke it doing what we were supposed to. <laughs> like, yeah. Hey, we got to get this Humvee away from these jumps we built. <laughs> you know, I, I, I threw a party when my parents were gone when I was 18, right before I joined the military. And and we broke a bunch of shit in the pool, different things. It cost me like three or $500. But by the time my parents got back, I'd fixed everything. They found out I had a party, but they were mad because I, I, I cleaned up after it. And it was, you know, my well, parents- I don't notice any, I don't notice anything. <laughs> yeah, like my parents, you know, they're like, well, you paid what you broke. So it's, you know, it's, it's fine. They didn't throw me a graduation party because I, I did that, you know, but, but I had my graduation party. It was fine. Uh, let's talk about weak leadership. Here's, yeah. here's weak leader. Here was a, here's a prime example of weak leadership when I was at the 14th ASOS. You know, at some point it was like, oh, when you, when you jump, you don't have to blouse your boots. Okay, cool. So we were all chilling, a few jumps in. And then one of the chiefs at the 18th ASOG shows up to one of our jumps and sees everybody unplows boots. And, you know, that flies him off the handle. Not the fact that, you know, our JTAC program wasn't being managed correctly or filed or training wasn't really up to par or gear or equipment wasn't good. But, you know, the un unplows boots was... That was an easy one for him. And rather than just going, hey, fuck you guys. This is how we wear the uniform. If you don't like it, get out. It's you blouse your boots due to chem warfare. Like, shut the fuck up with that stupid bullshit. Like, that is the dumbest thing I've ever, like, just say it. Just say, you're going to do this because I said so. I'll accept that right. rather than some bullshit ass lie of, we blouse our boots because it protects us from nuclear biological. <laughs> yeah, you're not. Get wearing, the fuck out of here! You're not wearing mop pants. <laughs> no, you're, you're fine. We're in woodland BDUs on green ramp on a Tuesday. Like we're going, we're jumping into Sicily easy. Just stop. Like that is just cowardism. Right? Why? I I think there needs to be a filter in place for leaders that don't have a fucking spine because I think that's a huge problem. 
you know, so th- there's uh, there's there's a, a couple different concepts there. Number one, the military is about standards, right? If the standard is a standard, meet meet the standard. If if it calls for you to blouse your boots, blouse your damn boots, right? So that's that that ace value uh, at face value is you know like if you're not going to be good at the little stuff, how how can we trust you to be good at the big stuff? So I understand that. There, there's a following argument. That is like, a very gray, right, right, right. Because too, because you have to ask why. Right? Yeah. Why? Because then they're like, well, you need a, a professional image, which I think is bullshit. When the when the civilians look at the military, all they see is the movies and TV shows and it's beards and ball caps. And right, and, like cuff sleeves and and, and, and pa- patterns that don't exist. And, and patterns that don't exist. It just doesn't right, no. and, absolutely, and there's not there's not one civilian another like, wow, that, that guy's a really undisciplined Navy SEAL because yeah. he's got a beard. No. It doesn't matter. And civilians beards are a hot topic right now. The right? thing is though, civilians will will look at what we tell them to look at. Right. They're not going to go, oh my God, that person is undisciplined. Look at his uniform. No, motherfucker, this is it. This is what you get. Right. And, and that's it. Like, adhere to standards, absolutely on board. The standards have to make sense. Like, but, they but, have to, and th- there has to be a conversation. I'm about dragging it. it back, though, to, to a, an E9 that just doesn't have the balls to just say just, it. Just he say has to why. make an excuse. Because I said so. Right. He, he has to make up an, a, a reason. And then he's reaching for that reason. He it's not even a good one. I mean, he could have been like, look, Division Sergeant Major does spot checks on fucking Sicily. And honestly, I don't yeah. want him in my office. Guess all of us go, yeah, that makes sense. Fuck it. Let's buzz. Well, well, it's like one of those. Well, it's like, it's like, it's like, it's like, it's like cheers. Hey, it's a little known fact there, Normie. Uh, Jared, I saw you eating a hot dog on today's is actually going to be a full moon, right? So I don't, you're going to turn into a werewolf if you don't blouse your pants. Blousing your pants counteracts that. So it's absolutely fine. That's what people hear when you're forced to adhere with some of this legacy bullshit that I think sadly still permeates a lot of these decisions. That, that, I, I, I get like where, where they're trying to find a mission-related reason to give that. But again, they lose credibility in because the process. we all know you're lying. You bet. You bet. And, and I mean, I, I have, towards the end of my career, when I, when I was in E6, I would tell the, the, the kids when they were doing fucking stupid shit or something like that, or they, they did something, I would just say, hey, I don't give a shit that you're doing that, but it's going to cause somebody to come fuck with me that I don't want to talk to. So let's just can whatever this is right now. And if you're alone in the fucking woods, go ahead. I don't care. But if you're around the base, if you're around anybody that is going to come find me to bitch about you, don't do it. (laughs) Yeah, you know, and I I would say like one of the coolest moments, I was was in Joe Montgomery. He was the ascent command chief. Like all the AOR command chiefs were at his house. And I was like, hey guys, it's it, it's hot. It is wartime. I I, you know, and again, please don't misconstrue this, people, right? Because standards are our standards. But I said, I don't care, right? Standards if, if, are subjective. Standards to situations. Are, you bet. Yeah, and it's like, because it's like every every regulation is written in a vacuum as if there's no humanity at play. Or no situation at play. You, you bet. And that's why my entire military career, I would say, yeah, but who wrote it and when? Right. You, and and that, 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 that's absolutely valid. And then Joe, you know, hosts all the command chiefs. And we're like, hey, like guys, please don't hem up my guys. I'm not going to hem up yours, right? And that's fine. And then I, I told the entire wing, I said, hey, I totally get this. I, I go, I go, I, I have more important shit to do than go around critiquing, uh, critiquing everybody on on their, their their uniforms, right? I just have better stuff to do. I was like, that being said, yeah. I was like, you have better things to do 
than to poke me in the eye for wearing a jacked up uniform. And again, I, 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 me personally, me yeah. personally, I didn't care about the little stuff. Like if, if you're deployed, you're training for war, like war is the important thing. Yeah. If, if you can focus on that and, and you're doing your job, I have opportunity for grace. I can give grace. Look at any Vietnam firebase. It's like- And dude, it just didn't matter. We're all here. And it's like, if you're coming down here- to bitch at us for this, you're bored. You're right. you're bored. Go find something to do. Right. If you're not mission oriented and you're not here to do a mission, then just get out of our hair. Well, well, I mean, like, how about this? Like, we, we have to to peel the onions. Like, why are why is a uniform like that so important? Like, why, I don't why? understand that. And so, so here's here here's what a sergeant major taught me years ago is that um, is that soldiers while in garrison, i.e., not, not at a t- time of deployment or not not deployed, needed to be taught or needed to. Uh, show that they could do what they were told to do. So having a nice clean uniform, and we're coming back to like World War II, right? And so it, it, it was the 50s, everybody wore a hat, right? And everybody had the same style. Everybody was clean shaven. And that's where a lot of these standards come from. But soldiers needed to show that they could adhere like so that a representative way to show that they could clean, have a clean weapon during combat to 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 recognize that same type of thought process in garrison, you needed to wear your uniform well. You need to be clean shaven. That could show your level of, again, not what I call discipline, what I call obedience. You need to show that level of obedience that could be reasonably assured that you could follow those same types of instructions during a combat scenario. But then we've never progressed. And we've never progressed. No, we are still- Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Right? We're, you're still having people wear eight-inch tall boots. And again, it that, made sense at the time. It did make sense. Technology does, says otherwise now. You bet. Like, same thing. Hats. Why? Fuck them. They're optional. Like, and that's that was all hanging out with British uh, military members. They're like, you bet. they have shorts. Like, how do you guys get shorts? Because it makes sense. Like, why? Why is that? <laughs> it's fucking uh, hot. We wear shorts. My 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 my, <laughs> my command chief mentor. He was a Pacific Air Forces command chief. He went on to be the U.S. Northcom senior enlisted leader. We had a conversation. He's like, Chachi. He's like, I don't know why I have to wear a hat. He's like, if a hat is a measure of professionalism, and like Air Force wise, all these amazing people working on the fly line aren't allowed to wear them. Are they the most unprofessional pieces of shit ever? Or if we're in mess dress, there's no headgear, right? So we can understand that you can look professional without wearing a hat. Why Just do we have delete to do it. it. Just delete it. Hey, you, you, you have hair standards. What the fuck for if we're yes. always wearing a hat? And again, like if somebody questions it, like, yo, you're a horrible airman or soldier or sailor, marine or coast guardsman or a guardian. Wearing a hat. Right? For not, like it's it's like do, like like uh, guardians right space force do you wear a, do you need to wear a hat in space no 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 hats in space well, obviously everything's gonna be indoor by and large right probably it, would, it would have to be ask someone in space force if they could do away with hats but because if they uh, start then we can start then we go coast guard yeah, this well, is the plan well like, like, like chief master on the space force Robert, Roger Toberman I, I I know him just very casually right and he seems like a good straight shooter for everything that that, that they're trying to do and, and I appreciate that but again let's just again break down the military model to its atomic level and then rebuild it for stuff that makes sense. And again, I, I'm not saying that people don't have to ad- adhere to standards. It is the military. You have to do that. That being said, there needs to be a conversation about why we still have some of these legacy standards that should easily go the way of the dodo. Yeah. I mean, well, let's just progress. There's nothing wrong. Yeah. 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 yeah guess yeah. what? It isn't a change. Basic it's an training. evolution. Yeah. Basic training, AIT tech school. You're, you're, you're on point. Yep. The second you're CMR'd and the second you're operational and the second, guess what? There's a new set of rules for you because, because you graduated from, we know that you can adhere now. Now it's up to your discretion. Yep. Like give them, give the adults the adult time. 
you bet. <laughs> and, and, and just focus in on, 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 on what matters. And again, I, I'm, I'm afraid people are going to take this conversation the entire wrong way. Right. But Who again, cares? But, 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 like, but like, like, but it's, <laughs> uh, yeah, like it's, yeah. and like hats, like beards, like when I was, yeah, like, talk about the beards thing. Cause I'm not read into it as much. So I so, see a lot of chatter, but I just, yeah. So like I've been watching on, on, on Facebook recently and, and uh, chief bass is, is get, getting blown up. But one of the questions she keeps getting is, can men have beards? Right. And, and there was, you know, there's, there's conversation pros and cons here and there. My whole stance is this, right? There are certain jobs where you have to wear an oxygen mask. If you're air crew, you probably can't get away with a beard, right? But for me, even as the command chief at the 305th Air Mobility Wing, Joy Mason, McGuire, Dix, Lakehurst, I had to shave. I was not issued a chem mask. If we got chemed there, the only thing that would happen is I would die a horribly grotesque death with a cleanly shaven face. Oh, I have a, a, a fighter pilot helmet here with a mask. We could do the test because yeah. I'll- If it'll uh, seal, it'll seal. You cannot breathe, and I've had a long beard in that thing. You cannot breathe through it. So I think that's another myth. Yeah. Oh, the, it won't seal with that. Mm, really? <laughs> <laughs> and and that's because like like I am I I am all for beards, you know. And but then I I will say that there probably has to be some some type of standard to it where it isn't outrageous, and you can't have these amazing Viking warriors, right? With braids and yeah, all, the, all that, like, all that kind like of stuff. Just like hair and everything. But like this, this, give a this, standard. Is, this is probably hey, acceptable. Can't be more than three inches, needs to be kept up. You have to shave, you know, a line under your neck right. so you just don't look like shit. But again, like, like if there isn't a mission specific reason why we shouldn't and or couldn't have it and our only justifiable defense is it's professionalism, stop, just stop. No, I know that doesn't work because in the Navy, like sub submariners, they can pay their booster club to not have to shave. Nice. So when they're underway, it's like, oh, if you donate this to the booster club, yeah, you get a no shaving chip. And the Air Force does like civilian clothes Fridays, yeah. right? Where you could show up there. So like if, if you're, or like, or like even how about this? Like if, if you're going to adhere to standards and you're going to say the standards are the standards that they're inflexible. Why does every senior leader in the Air Force have a party shirt that you can wear under mess dress yeah. with different color sleeves? They let that go. Right. But maybe is that okay because it's hidden? Well, that would say that's a lack of integrity. Right. So, so it's odd. We can't pick and choose where we want to enforce these standards. So there has to be a conversation. But I would even go as far as say, why, why have we, why do we stick to the uniform at all instead of using it for what it's for? Utility uniform, dress uniform. Okay. If you're customer service at finance, we want you in, in some sort of, Polo with a name tag, something like that, you know, but put on your camouflage when you're going out to the field, put on, put on your, your, your blues when you're going to a, a nice ceremony. What the hell is the point? Of- <laughs> you know, and, and, and that, that you can just, you can, cause like, here's, here's the deal. Like we, we would have a conversation if I want, if, if we want to look at, at whatever threats we have to, to the United States and we want amazing military members who are going to defeat them, if one of those things is cyber attacks, right? And so like, forgive the horrible example, stereotyping, right? <laughs> if there's a 300 pound virgin living in his grandmother's basement, right? Who can hack anything? I want to call that guy or girl airman. Yeah. I, if you're the best, I want the best. If you don't have to run five miles, I don't need you to run five miles. I need you to sit you just sit there with hot pockets and Mountain Dews and do what you, you need to do and hack, and hack whoever you need to do and, and, and process where and, and again, like, I, I'm not, like I, I am happy to call that person. DTS faster than anybody. Guess what? I'll take you over the I'll person that paid, got the hundred. Right. And maybe now I can get you paid from the comfort of, of your own home. So, so again, just deconstructing this, this military model, let's focus on, on, on what makes sense. What, what the focus or sorry, focus on what warfare looks like today not 20 years ago, not 40 years ago. And what are the kind of warriors 
that we need today in all shapes and sizes to get the mission done. Now, we have an amazing civilian force in all branches of, of, of the military. And thank you for doing what you do because you're very unsung heroes. But again, I, I think that's a step in the right direction. If you want to serve and contribute to the mission, maybe you can do it as a civilian and maybe not join, but you're not going to get some of the same benefits and, and things of that nature. And I just think a few years ago when they, they lightened the reins on tattoos, I thought that was such a clutch move. And it was such they an amazing to, growth. Though. It, it, it had, had to. Because you're, you're missing out on, on like, because I have tattoos. Imagine me not getting in the Air Force. I could have, you know, risen to the rank of command chief and somebody said no because I had a sleeve on my arm. Yeah, that somehow affects your performance ability. Right. <laughs> and, and, and again, like- It's just stupid fucking logic. <laughs> and, and again, the, the, the justification was professionalism, but that was professionalism predicated largely on a 1950s model of what a professional soldier or military member would look like. You're saying It's so- Oh, and that's it, right? If, if you look up professionalism in, in the dictionary, it effectively says two things. It says one, being good at, at your J-O-B. And then two is, is like having a kind, polite, presentable demeanor in the workplace. And people have exalted that second definition over the first one where we should figure out, are you a SME in your MOS, your AFSC? Are you the go-to individual? That should be the large measure of who you are, not what you look like or how many times you drop an F-bomb. I think the most damaging thing to the entire DOD force is mid-grade leaders, senior leaders, and it's just everybody in general with this fake identity crisis as if, as if they pretend this isn't what we do. We are going to kill people. That is what we do. We are here to fucking annihilate humans. And they, they do this. They go, oh, no, no, that's, a, that's for something else. That, that isn't us. And it's like, get over your bullshit. <laughs> I, will, I, I will honestly tell you, uh, serving under General and then Secretary Mattis was amazing. <laughs> I mean... Like I got to serve under the God of war, right? Like, I mean, no, no matter how you slice that. And then one day, Matt Nugent and I were at Arlington on Veterans Day, uh, November of 2017. And we were there for the thing that they do for laying of the wreaths and yeah. doing all that stuff. And then, and then we went down to see our buddies. We're going to do push-ups by each of our friends and all the headstones there. And there was Secretary Mattis walking in quiet reflection looking over all the different headstones wow, and just being there. And then uh, chief, chief retired now, Matt Nugent and I walked up and said, Hey, Hey, secretary general. I was like, Hey, I'm, I'm downrange. I'm, I'm heading back tomorrow, man. Can we just get, get a picture with you? He stopped, you know, took a picture, arm, arms around us as humble as could be. And that's, that's the kind of thing, right? And again, I, I, I don't think the military, they're doing it better. That doesn't necessarily make it good and or great, but, but you know, let's not con confuse those. But I think they're doing better. And I think Secretary Mattis was one of those people. If you look at his his past quotes, right? It's like one of those things is like, he's like, you know, I, I, I come in peace. He's like, but if you fuck with me, his quote, right? Uh, uh, you know, they will write about what I do here for the next like 10,000 years. <laughs> and that's awesome. And so he went to be SecDef and, and it was like, I loved that he could embody this dichotomy of leadership from educated scholar leader to tribal warrior. And, and he could float back and forth. And again, I, I, I think we need to have that duality of man and woman to be able to embody those. They just play pretend, like just pretend like, Oh, that didn't happen. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you're home. Great. You know, go take leave. <laughs> I, 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 I personally, and again, I'm, I'm a huge benefit of, of the doubt person. And based on my career, I got to sit in a lot of meetings with four stars and, and, and things of that nature. It's like, I think everybody's lockstep. I think there's a lot of pressure uh, from the non-military government 
for this stuff to happen. And again, like the, the military mechanism is at the service of the country and these civilian elected leaders that, that have to go, go through this and they're the problem, right? And our, our military leaders have to comply. They, they have to do what, what they have to do. And again, I, I see this, this 60 day stand down coming oh, up God. that, that, that we've, we've seen in the news. I, th- I think there's, there's good and bad to it, but maybe it's time for us to do a hard reset. Yeah. Actually, I, I, I'm for it. If it means that they're halting all operations, like, Hey, no NTCs, no JRTCs, no exercises, nothing. 60 days, just chill. I'm fine with that. Like, I would love to see that. I want to see our guys get a break for a minute. And, and you know, I, I absolutely promise you, like, there's there's not one person in, in Congress and or senior levels of the military who are twisting their mustache and figuring out how to make life as, as hard as possible for the, the, the people out there. I, I righteously acknowledge that. The problem, it goes back to perspective, right? If we can't see or understand the pressures that are putting on, on high, but you still have to execute anyway, the people at the lowest level aren't going to know and see that, and they're going to become frustrated with it. And so I, I was very excited, uh, Air, Air Force-wise and anyway, um, you know, seeing uh, General Goldfein and, and Chief Wright really getting in front of a lot of that senior messaging. General Brown and Chief Bass, uh, re- re- relatively new in the seat, don't necessarily have that. But then SEAC for uh, Ray, Ray Colon-Lopez. Yes. Like rock solid dude. But again, he's out there getting that strategic messaging. He's hosting a lot more online stuff, trying to uh, leverage social media. He just media. started a podcast. Just started a podcast. So we need again. to have him on. And if people haven't haven't seen that, his his thoughts on on carnivore carnivore leadership hashtag carnivore leadership. Look it up. Um, like phenomenal. But again, like he's he's a, he's a, a, a very decorated PJ. Uh, has been doing that. He forever. is amazing. Uh, he came and spoke at my ALS graduation in 2007 when he was a senior master sergeant. He, and, you know, it's funny. I met him the day I got out of basic training when he was a senior. Airman. <laughs> you know, and, and so being in training together and watch all that. And he's just he's just a good. At, at the end of the day, you just want a good dude. Right. And that's why I focus on, on good dudership. Yeah. And that's, it has to start with some good dude types of answers. Fuck yeah. Dude, a lot of weird shit going on. Yeah. I, what is, the, yeah. The, what this, this stand down, like, I don't, it's hard to understand because the press flips it already. You bet. You know, I've, I've seen everything from, you know, the actual quote I saw from him was was more along the lines of what you just framed it as. But of course, when the press first put it out, it was to attack extremism in the ranks. And it's like, what? <laughs> and and there's, there's nothing wrong with the tactical pause, right? And, yeah. and that, that's it. If you can have some tactical pause, maybe some strategic discipline, like all these concepts blended into one, I really think that, that that's where they're going with this. And, and perhaps it's absolutely needed. And, and as, a, as a heterosexual Christian white male, as I say in a lot of times, like, like I, I've never, the only people thing that people judge me on is a crooked nose and I'm a Browns fan. But you can <laughs> suck it this year because the Browns are awesome. Baker Mayfield, Kevin Stefanski, Miles Garrett, I love you. Thank you for everything. Hunt, Chubb, oh, no, nothing I, beautiful, about beautiful players. Joel Batonio. Browns, this. Browns, Browns, all day Browns, long. Browns, Browns, Browns. All day long. Love you guys. Oh, Thank you. Oh, man. Go dogs. So, uh, another example of poor leadership, Blues Mondays. Blues Mondays. God, how long that lasts? Like four years? It, it was, it was different. It was, it was odd. And again, like, I, I, I get the intent behind it. It, it could have been met within 60 days, I think. Probably. Well, then, like, even, even Blues Monday, and not, not, not trying to take away from that conversation, the problem that I had was, like, you'd have people, they'd go out and get a DWI or a DUI, then the whole unit had to show up in, no, in Blues. That, you made wearing uniform a fucking punishment? Yes. 
So like, that, we need to talk about that. Let's just like, why skip is that those good, Mondays. Right? Go to like, the, like, why did you make wearing the uniform a punishment? That that baffled me. I mean, and baffled then, me. I didn't Part fucking do. Bomb, I didn't fucking do anything. Right. Why the hell am I here? And, like, and, that's an that's an adult. Like, yeah. get away yeah. from me with this. I hate, that was my yeah. biggest complaint in the military is the one person shit their pants, everybody wears diapers. Like, that is a failure on leadership. Like, because you're just pissing everyone right. off that if you want to, if you want to go through that person's chain and, and punish them because communication was broken, great. But an entire squadron where I have nothing to do with the radio maintenance shop or what that fucking asshole dead on his in, on his Saturday and now I'm here like in blues yeah. fuck off and again this 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 goes back to you don't have to do that with a discipline force you will do that if you want to force obedience but that's that I, was I don't even think you, move, uh, you achieve right? obedience agree I mean you force agree. you force obedience but it's definitely not leadership you're breaking down I mean you know how many people, just at the hustlers alone, yep. with the decisions that the commander made when I was there, like from the time I showed up to the time he was leaving, they hated him. They had no respect for him anymore. They had nothing left in them for, from, from all the decisions that I saw him make. And it was like, that's what you achieve. You, you achieved breaking down the force, breaking down unit cohesion, yep. breaking down teamwork, like... But yet no one, no one comes in and salves that. I mean, yeah, they claim a unit climate survey. Come on. <laughs> so those, those, those climate surveys, I, I've, I've, I've seen them go generally ignored. I, I, I've seen like people get fired because of them, right? So I, I have seen some good tangible results coming for them. But again, like I just, if, if we can't see the beauty of the human weapon system of the individual contributor, right? Like you, you may like be a rock star airman. You go out, you make a dumb move. Do I have to punish, like, you, you know, you, you, well, you get, get to do it? Like, like, not everybody has to suffer because you didn't. People make mistakes. Can we not afford mistakes? Now, again, there's, because everyone's like, well, the Air Force is a one-mistake Air Force. It's not a one-mistake Air Force. You just may, you may be a one-mistake airman, right? Yeah, you may you're be not a worth piece of time. shit, right? Like, if, if you suck and you get a Dewey and an all-star get, gets a Dewey, I'm sorry. Those punishments are going to be different because your value to the organization is different. But again, a lot of people don't have the perspective to un understand this. So as, 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 as we start unpacking this and figure out what all is at play, I just, man, I, I just, at, at face value, I just hated wearing the uniform as a punishment. I loved the uniform. Yeah. It was an honor to wear it. And you made it a punishment. Yeah, Shame on sour. you. I didn't, I didn't agree seeing commanders get fired over, over things that, that they didn't have control over. Like, which would, what, this blew my mind, is over my career, you know, a unit would have two or three DUIs and a commander would get fired. A unit would would bomb a SAV, have a horrible training program, would 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 not desert guys that needed to be deserted, would would not would not adhere to the the actual regulations when it came to actually training commanders safe. It's like to me, it's a lazy approach. It's just let me see what's face value. Oh, these DWS—they're bringing—they're bringing bad press on us from. So, so get out. You're you're done. Like, but this other stuff is so deep and and hidden that oh, we're okay with that. Even though this is the one that actually affects the mission, not this one here. And I I think there's a brilliant discussion to be had there, right? Like, what what does constitute a commander failing or a unit failing? How much is that individual responsible for? Because again, those those three Deweys, it just may be single isolated incidents that they happen all at one, like the timing, the timing is regrettable. 
Now, I love benefit of the doubt. You know, the, command, the commander should nip one in the bud and come back to her like, guys, please, this has to stop. Please, please, I, I implore you. you Because here's this. Because like commanders do something, somebody gets a Dewey and the commander makes a knee-jerk reaction. No one ever thinks of the concept of you did something stupid. Maybe you just lifted your commander's knee for him, right? He has to react to a lot of these things. Well, and, it's and, a forced and, and reaction now that, sure. that, that has become a chain reaction. Perhaps. Um, because like I... I was saying, seeing, I, I, I saw a whole wide variety of this, you know, over 15 years, you kind of see it. But again, the upper tier would do the same thing. The wing, the group would, would come down big. So it made squadron commanders like think that we, we have to have dogs search the squadron. We got to light everything on fire. All of you are grounded. Like, but I've always empathized with the fact, putting in my, putting myself in the commander's shoes, like, how am I supposed to babysit 180 people? And why am I expected to even, other than briefing the guidelines and the rules and being very clear on our policy, why am I responsible what happens when they leave that gate? That's what enrages me. Because, that's tough. Be, because we don't, we, that's a thing that we've been kidding ourselves. No one, the, the, a big thing frustrating in my career is never once did I hear the words, well, that dude's an adult. Maybe we should maybe we should let him be punished and have him own up to what he did on his own because no one else was around. None of us were even there. You're over here screaming at how many times I'm in a formation getting screamed at for something that happened on the other side of town while I was at my house minding my own business. You know, I remember even getting a phone call. This one fucking enraged me. Get a phone call at 2.30 in the morning on a Saturday night morning and it's a drunk buddy at the squadron. I need a ride, man. I'm like, well, can you call a cab? No, man, I need a ride. Yeah, well, it's Saturday at two in the morning. I'm drunk too, motherfucker. Like I stayed home. Okay, so I send my wife at the time out who was pregnant to go to go pick him up. She gets where he tells him to pick him up and he's not there. And then she's on her way back home and calls back again. Oh no, I'm over here now. I need a ride, man. And I'm like, okay, she turns around. Gets there, he's not there. Then his phone's off and can't get a hold of him at all. So she turns back around at 4 a.m. And the next commander's call, I was like, do not fucking call me. <laughs> Fuck all of you. I'm not playing these games. If you go out and go drinking, you can, you can buy or plan your ride home. This fucking garbage of, oh, we need to just coddle you and, and hold this halo around you. Like, because that's your responsibility. Calling you, call us if it's, there are no cabs open. Uber's not working. I'm in a place where I can't get, I, I now need help. But instead, we instill this, AAD, it's it's just a, a it's a fucking band-aid on a bullet wound. And that it it proves your point. Discipline versus obedience. The AADD, the commander's briefings every Friday, the call someone if you need it. No. Call someone when you need it, not when you're being right. lazy, cheap, and a piece of shit. <laughs> you know, and that 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 ends up being fair. And I, I remember I remember Chris Gendron um, on Christmas Eve. He was out partying, and he called our squadron superintendent Mark Valella to come pick him up. Mark went and got him. 
And there was, there was no, and he, he was in E8 at the time, went on to be a command chief and like phenomenal guy jumped in. But we talked about him last time. He keeps coming up. Right. But again, like one of these amazing people, these guys called his bluff, but he wasn't bluffing. Jumped into Panama. Like he's like, Hey, if you need a ride, call me. They called him. He picked him up. He talked with him, had a good time, dropped him off. Everyone got home safe. No one was in trouble. You know, he didn't jump the chain of command. He didn't do any of that stuff. I mean, you know, so, so it's, it's really odd. The, the thing that, the thing that, that scares me is like, like what does, what does true mission impact look like? Is it a DUI, right? So uh, I'm, I'm not necessarily sure. What would happen if there were three suicides inside a unit? Would you, would, would you, would you fire a commander there? Or some of these things are like, like heaven forbid. Well, I mean, there's, there's a whole lot of different stuff that all comes, but we can't just look at it like, Oh, there was three of these. It has to be after the first one, what was the commander's response? What changed in the unit? What, what, what policies were implemented? Like, and that's what I, that's where I saw the great lack is it was never judged on their response. It was only judged on the actions. And at the end of the day, how the fuck do you expect a 40 year old man to babysit 180 grown adults. So, yeah. So, so that, that th- <laughs> thankfully 40 year old man or woman <laughs> that, that, woman. that hasn't been what I've experienced in, in, inside the air force, the commanders that I've seen who've been fired um, were given opportunities to, to change to get, and were given multiple, multiple warnings and said, Hey, this, this really has to stop or this kind of thing that you're doing, please, please don't do that. And so, so that, that, so I, I haven't had that experience. I'm very, I'm very thankful for that. Really? Not but, at all. Because, I mean, a lot of this was early on. This is like 2003 to sure. 2014 where, you know, there wasn't a, it, w- it was a lot of just quick. Like it wasn't, because deployments were so fast that there wasn't a lot of, I think, I think towards the tail end of your career, you saw a whole different Air Force when yeah. people actually had resiliency programs. And that's it, right? And, so, leader, and, and actual leadership checks and, and balances. Like, if, 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 if you want to be harsh on people from 01 to 10, that's a little bit tough. We hadn't been in warfare so long. So people were trying to figure out what's right and everyone constantly deployed. So, so, you know, we, now we're, you know, nearly two decades of war. We have all that experience. So there's, and again, but we had a lot of those legacy leaders who had joined in the eighties, right. Going through there, who were still really hanging on to a lot of that legacy stuff who were strict on the obedience. I told you to fix it. You didn't, all right. I'm sorry. I didn't tell you to fix it. I told you to stop it. They didn't stop. You're gone. Right. Rather than do what you can to fix the problem. And if the problem can't be fixed in three weeks, the problem can't be fixed in three weeks. I think we have a much greater capacity now versus where we had then, but just based on a lot of the underlying understanding of the military model and how that practically applies in these discipline scenarios. Yeah, but the, the, it's so subjective and it's so incident-based. Like, you can't write a book to this. Right. You can't hold somebody to a flat 2D standard. Um, and I, I'm glad to hear that it's changing, though. Because, I, I mean, man, I've been out for a while now, and I don't know how an ASAS operates anymore. You bet. Like, I don't even know what they do anymore, uh, especially with all the new simulators and things like that, like like what the day-to-days look like, how their integration is with the army, because that was way different for me. Well, you know, I, I think a lot of this is attributed to uh, number one, social media. And, and then uh, at least on, on the Air Force side of things, the Air Force Airman NCO Senior NCO page. People write oh, in there yeah. and put everybody on blast and it gets immediate recognition. And so our senior leaders see the stuff that's happening. Like Air Force Airman NCO Senior NCO, changed the barracks situation at Joint Base San Antonio because of the pictures and stuff. I mean, they, they kind of did, did a, a full stop. And I believe it was General uh, Laura Linderman at the time. Like that got, she got hit with that on, on her command. And then she immediately went into action to, to fixing a lot of that stuff. And I, I think that was huge. If you want to look at, at uh, T- Tony Stark, you know, who, who wrote General Goldfein time and time again under that pseudonym. And then he, he was able to make effective change. 
And Joe Goldfin reached out and they had conversations. And now, and now Ned Stark has like Stark Consulting. He's out doing all that. So social media has been such a great help in bringing a lot of these issues to the forefront. And even in the past few weeks where, where I've watched it happen, where the senior Air Force leaders have action and engaged based off of stuff that's popped up on, on, on social media. And so whether it's on that page or, or, or again, in this case, Chief Bass, uh, you know, like being able to action that stuff because people can go right there and it gets immediate huge exposure well, I mean, on that now, page. Yeah, now they're able to, to it's that pressure you somebody's taking it seriously. Before it was kind of like, Meh. Well, then like a lot of it comes down to, to shitty leadership and or mental health, like suicides or sexual assault. People go in there and they, and they just vent about how they were treated and how this played out for them. And there's always three sides to a story, right? Their, their side, the other side, and then the, the truth, right? So, so at a bare minimum, it just helps shape, shape a conversation. So I, I think leaders are much more responsive because of social media. They're able to tackle problems that they wouldn't have otherwise known about because people feel empowered to tell these things now. They can go to that site and, and post anonymously and get a lot of this stuff working and senior leaders can contact Airman NCO, senior NCO and, and reach out. So if, if the moderators on that page are, are watching, thank you for doing what you do. Yeah, you made I remember a positive stumbling, change in the Air Force. stumbling on it a long time ago. It's a Facebook group, by the way, everybody. Yeah, yeah. It's the Airman NCO, senior NCO. It's like Air Force Airman. Yeah. Airman yeah, slash NCO yeah. slash senior NCO page. Yeah, I've seen some doozies in there too. Doozies. Wow. Doozies. And, and whether it's like black mold in Aldafra, you know, di- different things all, all around the world. It's it, it's just- they, But I done. think it goes both ways because I think this last week, everybody saw someone at the top do something completely off the rails and then no punitive action against them. I think that's, that is damaging to the, the force. Yeah, the, the, the last week has, has been different. You know, as, as as far as that goes, and and trying to, uh, you know, as I was following that, watching how that how that played out, um, uh, you know, you, it's very easy to Monday morning quarterback this, and and you know, woulda shoulda could woulda shoulda shoulda coulda woulda right type type stuff. So that, but again, one time does not a trend make. Uh, um, so there, but then there's, there's so much good that has come up on, on, on social media. I'm a huge fan. Oh, yeah. And again, but I, I like, I, I hope if but leaders have to have to have this in their, you it, have to be open you to have the conversation. To, you have to be ready for this. Like you, you are this leading. is a different, yeah. Right now in 2021, uh, a commander, a senior NCO, a, a mid-tier NCO, like everybody up the chain has to have in the back of their mind, when I do this, when I make this decision, when I when I say this, that that might not be the right thing. This could get a lot of attention. Yeah, and this could get a lot of bad attention. So I mean, this this needs to be a whole new chapter in, well, there's, in PME well, alone. There, there, there social ends, media. There, there ends up being a, a a weird, and I totally hate to kind of bring this as a as, as a corollary, but like Will Smith, when we're talking about racism, Will Smith said something. I believe it was Will Smith. So forgive me if I'm wrong. Said something effective. Racism isn't getting worse; it's just getting recorded. And I think that's that's a phenomenal point. But I, I think that that kind of permeates everything too. I'm not sure if the way we treat people is getting worse. We're just better able to articulate this. We're and now plead able our to case. share it. Yeah. And we're able to, to, to share everybody. it better. Right. And that's it's been an eye opener. I mean, you bet. Yeah. You bet. And like and you, you know, I I just I cringe when I see the stuff on on sexual assault. On, on how that plays out, uh, whether you you were the uh, victim or alleged of offender. And it, it, it's such a tough case, but I like that people in a lot of these cases feel free anonymously to tell their story so they can get either, either some, some help, maybe some measure of, of closure, or maybe, you know, just uh, an, an acknowledgement of, of what they went through. Yeah. It's, uh, it's drastically changing. 
It is. But you know what? But here's another, here's another kind of fall, a fall point is, you know, when is, and I'll just be biased, like when is the Air Force senior leadership going to look to the social media experts and go, how do we, how, how do we direct these waves? How do we fare these seas? How do we navigate here? Because all I've seen up to this point is they've mashed together a, a young group of people because they think, oh, you're young, you know, social media. And then they blame it all on my social media team. Well, that's, what were their, what were their qualifications? They had Facebook. Yeah, you know, I, 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 I honestly don't know. And I've, I've only worked with, with like wing public affairs type stuff to see what they do to promote stories and, and, and move that out. So they have that, a lot of that's like story-based from my, I didn't deal with a whole lot of Air Force strategic messaging for, for it wasn't like I had a, a, a real big command chief account where I was putting out all, all of that stuff. But I, I see a lot of leaders out there who are doing that, uh, whether it's in the inspirational quotes, trips out here or, or helping different people, places, things, events, problems. I think it, it's getting better. But again, going back to an earlier comment, just because it's better doesn't mean we've risen to the level of good or even great yet. Mm-hmm. So I, I would I would love to see, uh, if you're a senior leader in the Air Force and and, and call, call JT like a social media master. I am, I am volunteering. He can, he can I will head to the Pentagon. I'll put together a course and, and I'll do it all. Like, here's how, here's how to navigate... This stuff that you guys, you guys don't know. Well, because, and again, like a, a lot of it, just, just leadership based. If you're not trying to get better, you may be inadvertently doing it wrong without knowing it. And it's, it's not malicious. Uh, you're, you're not trying to make people's lives worse. But again, it's, it's, it's just one of those things where I, I maybe, if I don't know your red button, I may be hitting your red button every single day. And all of a sudden I walk in, you punch me in the face. You're like, I just can't stand you anymore. Well, like, well shit, you should have said something. I would have changed weeks ago before you bought me. Now I gotta go, go see a dentist. Yeah. Well, changing gears there, you're uh, you're also the vice president of the Tech P Association. President, president, now. president. president okay, you were the vice president. I was. I got it right now. I was president of the Tech P Association. You bet. And we had a phone call today. We can't say with who, but we will be hosting a benefit concert in Nashville in yes. July. Yes. So if you're around Nashville, the last weekend in July, July 30th. Yes. Uh, looks like it's going to be the Opryland Gaylord. So uh, we we would love to see that support a good cause. For all the, all the TACPs out there, and then a couple of weeks ago, we met with the different Air Force Special Warfare uh, associations. You guys are and all coming together now. What's it all called? Coming together, the the uh, Air Force Special Warfare Coalition. Ooh, and so it's just, and it's just like we're, we're we we are our own special. I mean, we're we're still our own en- entities, but we're trying to leverage between uh, the, the meeting there, the people who showed up with like the the Association Foundation for TACP, Association Foundation CCT, Association Foundation for PJ. So out of, out of these six organizations, uh comprising three different AFSCs. What can we do to, to kind of synergize and leverage everything that we've individually made successful? And what can we do to help out and kind of point out some of our blind spots and, and weak spots to, to cut those out? Make sure like even for us for like generalized fundraising, making sure the six of us aren't nickel and diming the same people, partners, yeah. same, same, same partners, same days, all right? And just, just making sure that collectively we can promote Air Force Special Warfare causes across the spectrum for all the beret wearers. Yeah, that's awesome. Do you, are you on the schedule to speak at the schoolhouse at all? I, I am not. That, 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 that may change, uh, but uh, good on uh, Jason Hamill. Like, and he, they, they, they broadcast dates and say, if anybody want, wants to come, come speak, you know, by all means, please do. Roger up and volunteer. I did talk to my friend that uh, is a commander for Marine Training Unit uh, over on the East Coast, and uh, you could be speaking to them very soon. A bunch of Marines that are oh. in training, locked down on COVID. Devil so, dogs. I love it. Yeah. Simplify. You got you to gotta share with them all the stories. Well, this was a great little update. 
Yeah. Uh, we will be back at you guys on the reg, I'm sure. Uh, and thanks for joining us here on Free Range American. Thanks, y'all.